And good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us, of course, this time of the day. This is our time where we get to bring in fantastic professionals and they get to talk about issues not only important to you, but they talk about their businesses as well. Today is our day with Dr. Jason Gouliou. We love talking to him every month. And so we're going to be talking about autoimmune diseases and diagnoses and what you can do about those kinds of things. So we'll welcome him into the program here in just one moment. But first, let me tell you all the different ways that you can listen. Because if you listen to us on the radio, we love you for it. Because of course, that's where our heart is being a radio station. We are at 680 AM and 107.5 FM, but we have also gone digital as well. So we know most people have. So if you have an Alexa powered device, fantastic. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play WISR 680. That should be enough for you. And we'll broadcast live as uh, we continue our 30 minutes here. You can also choose the app, the ISR app, and put that on your mobile device or devices. And that way you can listen while you're on the road or if you're exercising or take us with you. You can also listen as we're streaming online. You go WISR680.com. You're going to pick that button that says listen live. That'll be easy enough. It'll take you where you need to go. And then if you do have to leave us or you'd like to listen to this program again, what I'm going to advise you to do is stay on our website or go back to our website whenever you have a chance And in the program or the menu bar, you're going to pick programs. That's going to drop you down to Let's Talk, and then you can look for Dr. Jason Gullio there. All right, so let's do it. Dr. Jason is in front of me once again. Hello, how are you? Great, how are you? Good, it's always nice to talk to you. It's always good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're going into a big topic with autoimmune diseases. And um, I'm curious on on your definition of it and, and how you diagnose it. So I'm going to let you just start us off on, on this conversation. Okay. So I guess the most important side, the thing to say is that like, I don't diagnose it. Okay. 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 Because that's not my job. Right. And like, I want to always make sure there's a distinction because autoimmunity is kind of like this giant umbrella. Okay. So like, it's kind of like, which is, it's an umbrella that actually like people don't understand one bit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so when you're talking about the actual diagnosis of an autoimmune condition, that's done by the medical profession, okay? So they'll take, you know, laboratory data or MRIs or whatever else, and they'll find, like, data that suggests the immune system is attacking something, okay? Like, say, thyroid or the um, multiple sclerosis with the myelin sheath, you know, like rheumatoid arthritis with the joints. You know, you take all of those, and those are like, um, okay, you have a positive ANA or an antitest, okay? Um, And then you have an autoimmune disease and then you take primarily or medicated for it, you know, and and, and their medication and the medication is typically it's something called a biologic. And, you know, if you pay any attention to TV, you see the advertise all the time. I mean, like Humira and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I'm not here to judge any of that. I don't care. That's, that's their side. But I think the important side from my perspective is, most people, I think, when they're given that diagnosis are like, oh, that's it. Okay, I have it. I have to take this stuff forever, whatever. Okay, so I'll have osteocolitis, so therefore I have to take this medication. Um, and that may or may not be true. Again, like, I'm not going to deal with, like, that medical side because, like, that's not my job and I don't, I'm, <laughs> I don't care. I'm busy enough to, like, deal with my side of things. So what I want to tell people is, you know, the reality of it is, there's always a cause somewhere. There's causation. You know, you have to like understand that like this isn't done in a vacuum. You know, all of a sudden like, oh, I have autoimmunity. 
I mean, there's something that's behind that, you know, and you might have to go back years to figure it out. And there may be a point where it's too late to deal with it on my side, but there's a whole big window in that middle, you know, and I think that's, you know, and why I wanted to talk about it as I was driving in this morning. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a bad preparer for the show because like I'm busy and like, so I come in with like about 20 ideas and then Tracy and I talk and then we're like, okay, let's, let's settle on that. But driving in, I always think about what did I talk about in the week or like, what did I see? And like, what's pertinent to the patient? Um, and even when she was introducing me, I logged on to something real quick and I had two um, results come up from a company I use called Cyrex that like, actually I'm looking for these issues in patients. Um, so the one example that's actually like really perfect would be a patient who um, has significant chronic pain, multiple disc injuries. So basically like um, if confirmed by MRI. So like the, the data confirms it. And as I'm treating just kind of that side of it, she wasn't getting better like she should have, or like, you know, just she wasn't responding like as someone who's in her 40s should respond. So she had suggested like, okay, you know, maybe go get some lab work. Let's figure it out. So she went through her physician, got lab work, and they ran things that indicated that she has inflammatory issues in her muscles. It's like basically like there's, you know, it's eating the muscles up a little bit, meaning like the body for some reason. So that's been defined basically as something called dermomyositis, and it's that's it. So like now it's steroids forever, primarily for on that side of it. And, you know, number one, she's pretty young. I mean, I think she's, like I said, in her mid forties, but you know, that doesn't change anything really. It breaks some inflammation, but you know, the patient still has the pain, still have the problems. So we sat and talked, you know, probably a month ago. And I said, you know, what we have to do is if you want to, my suggestion will be we start going deeper and we like try to understand the causation behind this because this just didn't randomly happen. So, you know, like I said, one of her pieces of information came through like just now. And the cool thing is I can confirm that the immune system is actually attacking the muscles with this data, the muscle fibers. Secondly, I can confirm that there's a nervous system attack too. So that's like, that's confirmation. It's not like, okay, now we think it's happening. That's conf that's confirmatory. And that company that I use is called, it's called Cyrex, C-Y-R-E-X. And so now I'm waiting for other, what are called arrays to come through for this patient. So what that'll do is let me know, is there a dietary component? Okay. So what, like one of the arrays on the, this company runs that I, that I like to use would be, a wheat allergen cross reaction, meaning like when someone has a gluten issue, sensitivity, celiac, whatever you want to call it, which again, actually technically is an autoimmune issue, you know, like something that people need to realize, I think with wheat and celiac and everything. And it's, it's kind of funny because I'm by no means an anti like grain guy. Like I'm actually one of the few functional medicine doctors out there who really is like, I think that we're probably like, <laughs> going overblown on not having grain in our diet, you know, like it, this is a little aside, but you know, not like 
eating white flour all the time. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of healthy grains that I think can be a moderate part of our diet that like, you know, you're talking, you know, all the books say paleo or keto and stuff like that. And those are all extreme components of dietary changes. But, you know, so that being said, I'm not, I'm not anti-grain, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a logical moderation person. And if, it, and if a grain is an issue or those are issues for people, of course you don't eat them. But when you're talking about celiac disease, celiac is when you're producing antibodies and that's, you know, basically creating antibody, breaking through the intestinal barrier, intestinal wall, then it's going to go somewhere in the joint, thyroid, whatever. So that can create an autoimmune issue by itself. And you just, it's, it's about creating antibodies to proteins primarily. And then that protein goes somewhere. And so, you know, someone comes in with like big joints and arthritis in their hands. Well, where's that coming from? So, but what people don't think about a lot are the cross reactions that you can get from other foods. And that's where they miss, you know? So that's one of those tests I'm waiting for. I think in this patient in particular, I have to go back and look, but, um, so if that's the case, well then no, the causation is like, I don't know, casein or whatever, you know, something like that or causes they had Lyme or they had mycotoxins and they had et cetera, right? They had something that was in the past on that, that like they didn't realize affected it. Then you can go back, you know, hopefully, I mean, not, this is generic. I mean, then you can go back and start addressing those pieces that are causing, therefore reducing the cause of the autoimmune issue. Now, if it's someone with multiple sclerosis and they have myelin sheath damage, of course, that's not changing. You know, like you can minimize and mitigate that. Now, that doesn't mean symptoms don't improve greatly. You can see like tremendous symptomatic changes on it. It's just a matter of like what, how far has the person gone? You know, I mean, like, and that's the honest conversation that you have to have with somebody. And that's like, I think probably like one that I try to have mostly like, look, I don't see this getting 100% better but I think 75%, is that acceptable? You know what I mean? Like, I think that you have to have an honest conversation with anybody you're treating because one of the critiques that I would give my own profession is that, oh, we can cure anything. Okay, like, oh, it's all good. It's all good. Everything's perfect. We can cure anything. That's just, nobody can cure any everything. I mean, that's just not true. And so, like, you have to have supportive data to know where you're going. And, like, take that case the proper direction because you know it's important to turn as critical an eye to myself as far as when I'm looking at somebody as anybody else would you know I you know I would say that, like there's no doubt that when I take when I run cases meaning like bring someone in take a history um decide on what we're going to do work-wise lab work-wise um mentally be critical of that. Like, okay, is that really what I should do? Cause what's right for the patient, not what right for me. Um, then go into the data, gather it and then detail it. And is this proper for this person? You know, like, am I making the right decisions, you know? And that's, that, that's the important question to ask. And, and then the conversation with the person, you know, like I had a, consult with another case actually the one I was thinking about um this is a person from Ohio that I is I guess a relatively long distance case that she contacted me because 
she was referred in because I know how to treat people with Lyme disease. Okay. That's, you know, again, that's other shows and things like that. So she went through her history. I said, well, where you are in this, I don't think that Morelia matters one bit for you. Okay. Like, I don't know that that matters at this point. So like, if I'm going to, you know, I mean, I could sell you the testing and like, you can get it done, you know, but like, I think that if you're going to actually like invest in anything, go to this side of it, you know? So, um, she already had data from actually Cyrex coming in. And it was from another practitioner in Florida that they contacted. They were told, utilize this work. Um, so I said, well, let's wait for that because I don't want to have you do more on my side if I don't have to do it. That'd be a waste of your time, money, effort, et cetera. So let's wait for that array to come through because it was actually a pathogenic array. So that would have indicated Lyme disease coming through. So... Array 12 came through, I don't know, like maybe a few weeks ago at this point, maybe a month now, and um, Lyme wasn't an issue, okay? Now, other things became present. There were positive, and like one of them in her case was actually mold. So, and then there were a whole bunch of other ancillary things in that data that I think were probably secondary due to the compromised immune system. So, um, I took that piece and said, all right, so... How I'd run on this then would be, we don't know what this is causing in here. You know, the symptoms were actually like, the case was actually something called Meniere's, which is um, basically like horrible vertigo and like sensory things and all that kind of jazz. But there was also direct trauma in the case, meaning head trauma. You know, like there were just a bunch of things that occurred that can add to it. So what I did was, I suggested other pieces from the Cyrex system to kind of like let to, to identify the neurological damage. And so that actually came through like last week and I analyzed it and I actually talked to her this coming this past week. So we saw direct neurological damage to the myelin sheath that's a you know the or the immune response going to that and then the um alpha beta tubulin, which are like the kind of things that make up the nervous system. Okay. So like, again, we saw direct damage now in her case, her symptoms are so severe that like, if she, if she couldn't look at the screen, like at my face on the zoom, her husband was there and she had to go off to the side because of sensory components. So when she engaged her visual component, vestibular, like the ears and all that, it created a, what's called a sensory mismatch. She kind of gets sick and it throws her into that like phase. So um, that indicates that there was trauma directly to the case. So we know that. So we can address all those. Now, what I told her was, you know, I can definitely change the symptoms but it's not going to be a hundred percent change. Just she's too far down the road, you know? So if it was acceptable to get like about 70% better, then we could pursue it, you know? And if not, then like, cause I know a lot of times when people come in to see me, they've been to like a lot of people, you know, like, and I get that they're probably somewhat jaded. And like, sometimes I even like have to give them credit for stepping foot in another doctor's office, to be honest with you. And so, um, I think you need to, that needs to be addressed directly. Like, all right, I get it. You know, like you should be jaded by this stuff. I mean, both sides of it, I'm talking like failure from my profession and medicine. Okay. So like, it's not like we're, uh, you know, 
we're everybody has cases that have failures, obviously. So like, that's just how it works. Cause like dealing with human physiology and biology, that's just like the, that's the process. But you know, in that case, if we wouldn't have identified all that, we'd have had no target or no, or not where to go. And the patient would have just got worse. And I mean, I, I do really feel like we can mitigate and minimize her progression and then like give her a better quality of life, you know? And I mean, maybe if I got to her 10 years ago or whatever it was, there would have been a different story, but you know, when you're given an autoimmune diagnosis, that's not an end, you know, that's not like I am therefore resigned to having to hit, to take this med forever. I mean, again, maybe, um, but there, there's a lot more to pursue given that we know how to make changes in that neurology, make changes in that immune component. Like, um, again, like let's say it's something simple like you have, you were exposed to Lyme disease 15 years ago and you took antibiotics and you were told you were okay. And since then you've been the rheumatologist multiple times, you know, like, and they're like, Oh, well you have a positive ANA, which is an ANA test. And basically a positive ANA tells you that your cells are breaking and the immune system is creating antibodies against the nucleus of the cell. So if everybody goes back to biology when they were like in eighth grade, um, or I don't, maybe eighth grade, yeah, somewhere eighth, around yeah. there. Um, remember the cell and there's the mitochondria and there's a nucleus and all that kind of stuff. And so the cell, when it gets damaged, it spills out and then it creates like, you know, your body starts to attack it. It shouldn't attack it. You know, like you shouldn't have that. So if you're seeing that, that's a sign of something not being okay. That doesn't necessarily mean you have an autoimmune issue. It could, but that doesn't necessarily mean it. Or let's say you have antibodies to the thyroid. That's a classic, like, oh, it's Hashimoto's and that's it. But I've seen those change by people just getting healthy and, like, basically breaking down, like, you know, an infection or something. You know, like, um, viral infections are notorious for creating antibodies to the thyroid. Um, Epstein-Barr, you know, um, Somano, when someone was a kid, um, CMV, HHV-6. Um, those are also very, very, very... Um, indicative of a chronic fatigue syndrome case, you know, so you have someone has, you know, in the States we call it, this is super off, t- off topic, but I think it's important. Um, in the States we call chronic fatigue syndrome, chronic fatigue, which is kind of like, Oh, it's just chronic fatigue. Oh, they're just tired, which is completely underselling it. You know, basically like in Europe, they call it myalgic encephalomyelitis. And that's like meaning muscle pain with neuro- neurological inflammation. And that's actually way more accurate, you know? So um, when we see that, that is a proper definition. It's just a matter of like, it hasn't reached our, I guess, like our side of the shore, I suppose. So, but you, again, just don't all of a sudden love chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, whenever I was sick with my Lyme issue, I couldn't get out of bed. You know, literally like it would have taken, it took every amount of energy I had to like walk up or down my stairs. Okay. So like, was that chronic fatigue syndrome? 
well, I guess that by definition, technically, but that wasn't what was the cause of the chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, what was the cause of my paralysis and all that? So if any infection or any damage like that is allowed to go long term, it's super logical that you would develop antibodies to like you would start to develop like immune changes because what's it, what's happening? The immune system becomes confused. We just kind of hammer it, hammer it, hammer it. And then it kind of starts to kind of go haywire and give up. And that's when, you know, you may reach a point of no return or you may not be at that point of no return. There's always a point, not always, I shouldn't say always ever. I find it often in cases that are long-term infection cases that I, that I worry about a point when they flip over to the autoimmune side, you know, like I want to avoid that with somebody a hundred percent if I can, like, you know, you, there might be just that extra event trauma wise, or I don't know, like accident or like COVID or something. I mean, and I have seen COVID cases who have been chronic infection cases then flip over to the autoimmune side because that infection was the last final straw, right? Like, you know, I don't want to say that it was singular causation, but it's like kind of like dominoes, right? It adds up, adds up, adds up. And I definitely have seen that over the past couple years. Um, you know, it, it can be anything, but like the big topic, obviously in the past two years is, the, is our COVID cases, which definitely have created a lot of difficulty in people's physiology and therefore you have it flipping into an autoimmune component. So what I want you guys to do is recognize that there is hope in it, but not unrealistic hope, right? Like we don't like sit here and think and like promise something we can't, I'm not going to promise something I can't back up or like I haven't seen and things, you know, and those sides of it. What I want people to do is, you know, number one, recognize that if you are diagnosed as an autoimmune case, you know, you can change your diet first. You know, there's a woman who wrote a book who her name is Dr. Terry Walls. It's called The Walls Protocol. And her story is she's a a neurologist, a medical physician, and she had, well, still has technically multiple sclerosis to the point where she was in like an anti-gravity chair. You know, she was non-functional and she came across, basically it comes down to somebody kind of like in my position, which is called functional neurology and functional medicine and started to like read about it. And she was like never aware because she wasn't trained medically. She didn't understand any of this stuff. So she started to like kind of work through it. She's now to the point where she's fully mobile ambulatory. She's written books. She's doing studies. Um, and it's really interesting because she still works with like university hospitals. Like I think out in, I think Iowa, as a matter of fact, she's definitely Midwestern, but I'm trying to remember because I've been through her um, certifications. And I've actually talked to this lady like on zoom calls and things like that directly, super nice down to earth gal, but they, <laughs> they in the, in the university, they did not want her to tell her story or publish her story because 
they said there wasn't enough evidence to support what she did to change everything. Now, this was literally like almost like a miracle. Now, it was a person that was wheelchair bound is now again up lecturing and like, you know, as a professor, et cetera, and they would not allow her to present her process because they did not support because there were no double blind studies and all that kind of stuff. Right now they're doing a lot more of that research, but that's how different the view is. You know, it's almost, it's almost like, honestly, there's no crossover. So therefore what I mean by that is like the training on the medical side is so different and so precise in their view that it's hard for them. And I, and again, I'm not being critical. I don't care to be critical. Like that's, that's not my point, but I, I try to explain to people why they'll never be adjoining. <laughs> there just won't, you know, like it's not me being pessimistic. It's me being realistic. You know, that's, it'll never happen. Like the, you know, cause people are like, Oh, you guys should get along. And you know, I don't think from my, from my, my personal perspective, like there's no not getting along. It's just so different. It's like you're on a different train, man. Like you can't jump off that train and jump on another train simply because the training just that different. And like, you know, recognize that when you learn the medical logarithms, that's what you learn and you're told they're right forever. And you see them being right. Cause that's what your visual is, right? That's what your support is. That's what like you see, like when you grow up in the hospital system and when you become that medical physician. So therefore anything that isn't that is wrong inherently. That's how it works. Now I don't agree with that obviously. And I think that like there should be more openness and outside the box thinking, but it's almost like military thinking. Like basically you follow orders or someone gets like killed right in the military. So therefore you can't cross over, you know, like, I mean, I've had a lot of referrals from the medical side. I've talked to a lot of medical physicians. I've had them in my office, you know, like basically like, you know, they're respectful. They still don't get it. And that's okay. You know, like, you know, it would take, in my opinion, probably somebody watching me every day for like two months to understand the work simply as, because it's different, you know, and that's not the training. Now that's welcome and I wish it would change, but it's okay that it doesn't, you know, we don't have to like, the work is so different. There's need for everybody. Okay. So like, I, we don't need to like some have some melding of everything. We don't, that's, that's not going to help anybody. What's going to help is that people are respectful and recognize the differential, you know, like I recognize the need for that side. I get it. You know, do I utilize it personally? Not much. Okay. Do my kids not much or at all, you know, like, so my wife, no. Right. But if I felt there was a need, I would do it. I sent Carly to an electrophysiologist to get her heart checked or wear a halter monitor. Cause that's not what I do because way, way, way back. She was exposed to Lyme whenever like she was like 18 years old and I was concerned about her heart. So I called him up and I said, Hey, this is Dr. Jason. Can I get my wife hooked up to this monitor for 30 days? And you guys read it for me. They let her come down. It was like, they're like, yeah, send her down, send her down, hooked her up. They read it. 
the dude, you know, the physician reads everything, sends you the reports. Super respectful and great, right? No problem with that. So therefore, like, obviously, like, I have no issue. You know what I mean? Like, now I used my own work to work through that data. Does that make sense? So, you know, we weren't going to go with the traditional side because I know another way and it works for us. Okay. But that's just like one example. Okay. Like understanding that like, we don't sit on this like one side only. Okay. Like there's going to be a point when there's a needed component. So what I want to have is honest, open discussions with this stuff. You know, like, I just feel like it's so like, I don't know. I, I had, we had a tremendous experience this week in my office that like is not for on air, but it was super opening and eye opening and like made me see goodness in people again. You know, sometimes like, I think we get a bit jaded. I know I do. Um, because <laughs> the way the world looks kind of crappy sometimes. And it was just a really important event. And so I think that we need to recognize that there's a place for all the work and there's a, a big need for my work. And I know it because I get people driving from New York and Ohio and like all over and I get calls from everywhere. I mean, I talk to people in other states all the time. So there's a need and we're there, you know, and I think we're like super way out of time or we're close. We're close. So <laughs> why don't we get your contact information in okay. case somebody locally wants to call you? All right. So my office number is 724-586-5858. Um, my email is drjasongoliu at gmail.com. Don't forget the I. My um, website is drjason.com, D-R-J-A-I-S-O-N.com. And, and your business is my function first. Yeah, my so. function first, alternative mm -hmm. health solutions. That's that's my umbrella. That's my corporation. Yeah, yeah. So you can also look that up. As right. Well. Yeah. And actually, if you if you actually look up functional natural medicine, that's actually like my thing. That's like actually my trademark, my invention. Because what I want to do is bring functional medicine to the fully natural side. That's my entire goal, and like that's where I want to go with this. Even if I'm a hundred years old, I'm going to still work toward that. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, folks, and thanks so much for joining us. And if you did join us late, this is on our website, so you can always join us there. It's WISR680.com. Pick programs and then just pick Let's Talk, and you can see Dr. Jason, Dr. Jason Gulio right there. All right, thanks so much. I'm Tracy Morgan with the Butler Radio Network.